Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Today we're looking at Proverbs 7, and like some of the Proverbs that we've discussed so far, this one also contains a pretty blunt warning against adultery. Although, as we dig in and look at some of the principles that are here, I would make the case that really, while the focus is adultery specifically, that anything in here could also apply to sexual sin, or even just sin in general in some ways. And so I'm going to give us just an overview of principles as we work our way through, because it's a fairly long proverb. So I'll invite you to pause and go ahead and just read it in its entirety now, if you'd like to get the fuller context. So in the first four verses of this proverb, what stood out to me is that there's this principle of keeping God's word and his wisdom close because God's wisdom alone is able to give us insight or the ability to see what's quote-unquote really going on. This ability to see beneath the surface to the, the deeper subtext, if you will. And The way that this proverb is sort of set up, it it implies that if this young man who is being described in this proverb had kept God's word and his wisdom close, he would have immediately known that this situation was a trap and that it was a very costly trap. And not only would he have known upon seeing the situation that it was a trap, If he really was following God's wisdom, he wouldn't have even been in the situation to begin with. And that brings us to this idea that we see laid out in verses 7 through 11. And the general principle is that falling into sin, in in this sin in particular, sexual sin or adultery, truly is senseless. There isn't any sort of Um, need that is being satisfied here. It's not like stealing food so you don't starve to death. There really is no sense to taking what doesn't belong to you in this way. And we see the senselessness of it demonstrated in in three different but related ways. In verse 8, we see this idea of senseless proximity, that this young man was putting himself in a place where he should never have been in the first place. In verse 9, we see that the timing is senseless. Not only was he in a place he should not have been, but he was there at a time of day that immediately increased his odds for temptation and for sin. And then in verses 10 and 11, he was in senseless company, that he was around a person who he should not have been with or spending time with. And this reminds me of this principle. It's almost like this proverb is a very ancient version of a more modern concept that I've heard of called the triangle of stupid, which 
is basically to say that there are stupid people and there are stupid places and there are stupid times. And you can usually get away with being around one of those things at any given time. But when you start to combine them, when you have two or more of them together at the same time, you're going to probably get into trouble. And so the best way to avoid trouble is not to go to stupid places at stupid times with stupid people. And I, I see that same principle here illustrated in verses 7 through 11. It's basically the triangle of stupid. He was in a, he was in a stupid place at a stupid time around stupid people. And so it's no wonder that he ended up getting himself into trouble. And we would do well to avoid these same kinds of traps that that he fell into. In verses 13 and 14, she mentions something, this adulterous woman to this young man that I want to focus on. She says to him that she has made her peace offering. Now, not only is the peace offering itself something worth knowing about because it symbolized not that you were making peace with God, but that you were celebrating the fact that you already had peace with God. It was, in a sense, a offering of thanksgiving. But it also was a multi-day sacrifice, if we read about it in its inception in the law. And if you were to eat your portion of this sacrifice while you were unworthy, while you were in sin, the penalty for that was that you were to be cut off from the people of Israel. In fact, in Leviticus 20.10, we see that for adultery specifically, it was the death penalty for both parties involved, the man and the woman. And yet here, we see this woman flaunting the fact that she is very casually basically going through the motions and throwing off this sense of purity and sacredness that her relationship with God ought to have. She just doesn't care. In verse 19, we also find out, it's sort of the punchline of the passage, that not only is this a promiscuous woman, it's a married woman. And so that that raises the stakes even more. But what we see in verses 26 and 27 are sort of the, the lesson for the rest of us, that this young man is not this woman's only victim. In fact, he is one in a long line of victims. And so the takeaway in verse 27 is just be wise and avoid these kinds of situations altogether. Don't put yourself into compromising or temptation-inducing situations in the first place. So in a way, this proverb is some practical advice for how we can make it easier on ourselves because if we are careful about where we go and when we go there and who we go with, we can do quite a lot to reduce the amount of temptation that you and I face and to maintain our fellowship with God. 